what we're planning on doing here today, at least, is we picked the best clip from our episodes from The Walking Dead Season 8 with the help of Cosmomom09, Rachel Burt, with her help, Carol, my brother, big props to Isaac Cameo. We actually picked the best clips from all of our episodes up until episode 99. Some of our episodes deserved more than one clip, which adds to my personal frustration as we're uploading all these episodes on YouTube for our super secret unlisted Squawking Dead Clips playlist. The only way to access that playlist is to buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. What is that? Well, it's a means to support us, but it's also a way, if you don't support us, to actually follow on any key things that we're doing on the podcast. So if we have a giveaway, or if we do a live watch, or if we do Jackbox games, if you don't happen to have notifications turned on on Twitter or Instagram, you can always follow us on ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. A one-time coffee gets you 30 days of access, but if you subscribe to a coffee a month, the party keeps on rolling. And if you happen to be to buy us a coffee during the stream, your support will show on the screen as the episode airs. And by the way, I've been saying her name, Nisa's on with us as well on audio because she taped up her camera a long time ago and it does not work. Alright, so we're going to watch this first clip. This is the very first Squawking Dead episode. So this is the this is the clip we chose. Oh, actually Rachel chose. And we're going to talk about it. If you want to get technical. What? The, um, what is the kingdom? They have, they have like pigs. They were like harvesting pigs for That's the right. saviors. So oh, and there are animals out oh, there. Oh, those were the, and if you remember, those pigs were eating on zombie flesh. So yes. we still never, see, here's the thing. Like you ever, you ever notice on a show how they'll do something, something will happen and you don't hear about it again. And then all of a sudden a season and a half later, it kind of comes up again. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I feel mean, like that's one of those things where the, you know, they fed the pig zombie. It never was. And zombie stuff, and selling it to Negan. Nothing happened. The, the whole Negan, the oh yeah, uh, what are well, they calling they, it? The saviors, well, right? Yeah, and they kind and of. I blank out on the word the saviors. Oh yeah, they're nice and cold. <laughs> On the, on the same episode, though, but we never hear about it again. No, no. I'm still waiting for Heath and, um, what's his name, Dwight's woman, Sherry, to reappear. People just don't disappear on this show. No, this doesn't happen. Was he the dude that, with um... Tara. The one that was with Tara on the mission, and they got separated on the bridge. On oh, the mission. Oh, but I don't think so. <laughs> You? But they, but they left a note, <laughs> note card, note card that said like PP or whatever. So then, <laughs> but that's gonna come up somewhere. I don't know when, but it's coming up. I think. See, that's like another thing we kind of forgot about. If you think about it, really. Yeah. Like really think about it. It's like, oh crap, did we forget this much? Because I don't think, like, I don't even think Talking Dead really kind of brought that up. I mean, I think there was an assumption that he was not coming back. But. I think, but then the thing <laughs> is that with that note card, they said that only Robert Kirkman knows what it means because, of course, he's like a holder of all this information <laughs> it's like the state <laughs> holds all this information whatever it means and maybe he's one of those characters kind of like the like that comes out from out of nowhere and sees how far they've changed we've seen this like every now and again like dude you guys are weird like what are you guys doing like why are you so aggressive or whatever something like that but yeah that could be one of those we still don't know where heath is you know we still don't know the meaning behind the the card there's right ppp never came back well i mean not yet not not yet maybe we'll see it on world beyond that's the thing like okay we're, we're like still talking about heath coming back to the show we keep assuming he's coming back to the show or the movie now it's like at what point do we like take our tinfoil hats off and say he's never coming back or unless like gimple's having the 
funnest time trolling us. Well, he's definitely <laughs> having the funnest time trolling us, but yeah. I still think uh, we're going to see Heath again, maybe <laughs> making the movie. Jade is probably yeah. traded him. I feel like Heath is one of those characters that they're just sort of keeping in their back pocket. Like, we don't know what happened to him, but he's he's a player out there. If they want to use him or need to use him to push the story along, they still can. I feel like it doesn't even matter, because at what point do you go... I just keep them guessing. And, yeah. And I think either Gimple or somebody else said, oh, yeah, he's definitely coming back. <laughs> now I'm thinking, yeah, maybe you're just lying to us. <laughs> maybe they had plans to. Maybe they had at one point had planned to bring him back and then it didn't happen. The bigger thing is that like after all like feeding the pig zombie flesh, like there was no payoff. You could literally eat zombie flesh and not turn into a zombie or get sick or whatever it is. But if the zombie blood gets in your bloodstream. Well, zombie <laughs> flesh would be necrotic flesh and you would get sick from that. So I wouldn't suggest true. eating dead flesh. Right, but you right. can but eat the, a pig who's eaten a zombie. I see your point. Yes, because pigs pigs can eat anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like. I remember at the time I was like, uh, and this is obviously season, season seven. I was like, oh, this is definitely going to be something. Like this is going to be a, like a Bob tainted meat, you know, sort of thing. You I know? also thought it would come to something. So why bother showing us that? Right? I mean, unless it's just, just to illustrate, you know, that's how we get our pigs fat and there's no consequence and that's fine. Just to keep us guessing. I mean, they got to throw stuff in there that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> That way, we sit, that way we sit here and go, it's got to mean something. And they're like, nah. <laughs> I think that was exactly the purpose. I mean, we were just like, oh my God, we're all going to get sick. Fell for it. They squeezed in so much over the course of season seven, season eight. The efficiencies of season nine and season 10 illustrated all the stuff that was probably cut out that could have stayed in. And then all the stuff that, um, that could have been like cut out that was left in. I remember talking that someone asking a question that it was uh, related to this, which is sometimes they just show us things to answer the questions that, you know, the fans are always asking, which is, you know, if you eat a pig that was fed oh. walker flesh, do you get sick? Right, right. The answer is no. So, you know, maybe the purpose wasn't a, just a troll. Well, so moving on, though, um, the one thing out of this clip that's very interesting, besides okay. us being funny, um, right, obviously, our first episode... <laughs> Um, is that is Sherry after three years? Because literally, it's gonna be it's gonna be um, Fear the Walking Dead season six, so it's not even on the same show. It's interesting because they're on this top floor. I, I don't know what because Negan has a hierarchy with how he does things, and we we've seen like Eugene's room, and we've seen um like Dwight's room, and whatever that are like they're they're fine, you know, they're okay, whatever. They're but fine. these rooms here look very like cause the, the one room that Rick opens up is looks like a very comfortable, nice room. It's got a bed and like so it's, it was kind of interesting because it's like I wonder like what's the purpose of this floor is it just random saviors live on this floor like yeah, I mean obviously what we are you asking me I don't <laughs> like I'm, I'm thinking I'm, not, I'm trying to figure it out and obviously we end up what ends up happening is Rick gets into this big dragged out fight with this other savior that doesn't end well what which by the way I, I just had a reddit conversation with somebody who brought that up that fight between Rick and that savior was really well choreographed like up to the point where there was like a john wick moment where rick picks up the gun the savior kicks it away as he shoots the gun when you actually see why he was fighting so vociferously it actually makes sense and it was really well done that doesn't end well what i'm assuming is baby daddy so that's how i'm gonna refer to him yes ba basically yeah and he had a tattoo on his chest over his heart it's a, 
Oh God. my gosh, really? Yeah, it said grace be God. Holy grace mackerel. Be. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. And then, well, I did not notice that. Yeah, yeah, he had a <laughs> tattoo. And then he uh, opens the door and you see a, a nursery, basically. And Gracie. And with a baby named Gracie. And Rick has a crisis. <laughs> he, he, You can definitely tell that he is very torn up over what he did because the guy wasn't protecting any ammo or guns or anything like that. He was just protecting his kid, which and he is was what? protecting that kid's life. And that's with the that's life. The yeah. And you're there. You you were there. You were just there watching this fight. You know, you're mm-hmm. on Rick's team. You really it just breaks your soul. Yeah. You're right did. there with him. At that moment, I was like, oh, God. You know, I was like, jeez. That scene reminded me of when Negan came to, to Alexandria with Carl after Carl showed up at his house, basically, causing the fracas. And Negan brings him back and he's like scoping out, you know, their house and opens the door and there's Judith. On the savior side, yeah, there are people too. And, and they've got kids and they're just kind of getting by. They're just trying to find whatever the safest route is for them to take in order to kind of keep their, you know, family safe. And that's all this guy was doing, basically. And, and you know what? Have you thought ever thought about Rick's team being the U.S. and Negan's team being Russia? <laughs> The comparisons are quite obvious, uh-huh. but yeah, yeah, it's it's the way you said, you know, they have children too, yeah. and it brought me to Sting Song. Um, oh yeah, that sings. Yes, yes. God, that was a good song. I hope I hope the the Russians love their children too. Uh, just like, the Russians wow. love their children. This is the U.S. versus Russia. Like for real, yo. I mean, they have children. It wouldn't occur to you. No, I mean, because if you think about it. Humanize your enemy, right? Uh, that they have exactly. children, that they reproduce, that they love them. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. And I mean, and that's Rick. Who, you know, ironically, the sheriff. If you're talking about U.S. versus Russia, <laughs> yeah. he, I mean, he is. He's he's, he's gun-toting sheriff. I I mean, yeah. I think that he's completely. He doesn't look at the saviors as humans. He just looks at them as the enemy, and they have to be eliminated. And he doesn't think about any of these that they could be family men that they could be fathers they could be husbands they could be brothers sisters whatever you know but these are these are people too they just happen to fall on a different side of the of the battle i was just really laughing about the, the russian thing <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah russians have babies too they're human it was one of those scenes where you know you thought it was going to amount to something and then it just kind of doesn't <laughs> Right, right. I think we're going to start to see some of not major characters, but some of the more some of the more prevailing characters start to kind of fall away. I think it's going to I think it's going to start to happen. Not necessarily, obviously, with your A level characters. But you're but thinking maybe, Jerry is what you're saying. I hope to God not, because I will <laughs> I will be livid if that happens. I don't think that he's being killed off yet. <laughs> I think, but I think that he will be killed off this season. But not necessarily in this battle. Wow, that would be that would be rough. But I did notice that he wasn't part of the protect the king crew who wow the special effects on that were very bloody yeah. yeah. Those are heavy weapons. I, I know. It's far away, too, if you notice. It, they just were the, it was that accurate. Yeah, they were off. But the thing is that it looked like they were stationed kind of like in a tower, right? So they kind of had a nice vantage point. And they were kind of in an open field, too. I mean, they were just sort of like... Sort of, yeah, ex- sort of. Just exposed for the most part, not really hiding. So it's like they, they basically kind of cut a clear shot and were waiting for them. So, oh, man. Let's keep an open mind here. I'm sure that there's a nice tiny handful of 
of people that are for sure dead. I think it's not going to be as bad as we think it is. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. Let's make no mistake. It's bad. But I think there's still a chance. But I think that this is going to be the point that it's going to kind of turn. Yeah, I think that this is where the the, the tide's going to turn a little bit because, I mean, it is going to be an ebb and flow. I mean, I, I said this from the beginning. This is a war. So there's going to be battles and there's going to be some kind of movement where you think you're going to go forward and then you're going to have to retreat and you're going to, there's going to be this sort of back and forth. And this is going to be basically the savior's point to kind of push back a little it's bit. Gonna, there is going to be this back and forth, I'm sure. And here is where it, it's happening, it seems. Yeah. So. It's still the same thing at this moment. Like every time there is a battle or anything, it's please not Jerry, please not please. Jerry. Don't Jerry's kill him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he has to survive. He dies, we riot. I do not say that Carol is probably the best put together person on The Walking Dead right now, oddly enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that she's come light years. She's been a fixture on the show. It's also like you know, Daryl and Rick from, from and Morgan from the beginning. But I think that we've seen so much development from her and a struggle between being this battered housewife and surviving just as to survive and, and then coming into her own and, and finding her strength after, after her daughter Sophia was still and became a walker and then just all, everything that she went through and she's evolved and she got to a peak where she didn't care about anything other than just pure survival killing anything in her past and then becoming a pacifist where she didn't want to kill at all what it boils down to is picking and choosing your battles nobody's saying that you have to be a one woman wrecking machine and just killing everything in your past but when needed you are able to defend those that need to be defended and so I, I think that she definitely is probably the most developed character on the show by far. Oh, God. It hadn't occurred to me until we started talking about it. And I started to reflect on previous Squawking Dead episodes. Here's a follow-up. Three, like Carol, three. Follow-up. Gotcha, three Chris. Squawking Dead episodes. Do not say that the show is about Carol. Gosh. Oh, my God. I, you, know, I, you know, I'm always trying to figure out what the show is about. I'm always like, who's, who's this show really about? It's not really about Rick, is it? It's about somebody else. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. That would be very interesting though i think it would be very interesting if the show was ultimately about carol she is the last survivor she is i, just, the, I, mean, I have this knows? idea for a segment carol hear me out okay. who does carol think the show is about this week and every week it changes based on what's going on there's like a needle and, and a and a meter and then it just hit, like the wheel of fortune of, yes. of who the show is about yes like a barometer basically right exactly <laughs> so it's finding our legs well I mean, given the news about the carol daryl spinoff i guess it kind of is about carol exactly so we looped back around to her and Daryl, obviously. Obviously, the fan favorite. Uh, one, yes, Carol's my favorite character. And I do agree that she probably has one of the most developed backstories and character development throughout. I thought it was a good clip to include, given everything that's going on right now. Kind of have that comparison from, you know, the attitude towards Carol then versus what's going on now. <laughs> we still don't know where Morgan is. Morgan left. Yeah. And he's yeah. Just, I'm convinced. Or the rumors about Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, he might. He might not come back until some some moment where he needs to jump in and save the day and maybe ah, maybe self-sacrifice too who knows i could see that, I could see that. It, it would do it in a way that's kind of poetic if you think yes. about it like in the way that he says he can't die there yeah. has to be some sort of written way story-wise where he can die but only in such and such circumstance and that would be yeah. kind of cool because oh technically he can't die but he can kill him 
himself or something. I don't know. Right. And he's been there for so long. He's such a pivotal character that I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I would think that they would do his, his character justice for sure and kind of right. give him like a noble, like you said, poetic show. What? Yeah. I mean, literally the first episode, <laughs> I remember, you know, yeah. so it's that's. Yeah, I, uh, wow. I'm, I'm now I'm way more invested. Just just remembering the fact that he's been there literally from the beginning and from the you know, beginning since day one. Yeah, wow. Like I mean, it's kind of like the Glenn situation. It's like you got to give those kind of characters a very pronounced send off. If you're going to send them off, it needs to be done in a certain way. It can't just be sort of like that's why the whole Glenn dying in the dumpster thing was just not at all realistic. It's like no, you you can't just like kill off a main character like that, like such a big main character and such a sort of nonchalant sort of. Way. Oh man, but we all we I, all, yeah, kind no, of I know. all fell for it. It's, I know. And we, we, we all be like, oh, it makes sense. They do this to us all the time. Right, exactly. Like <laughs> I, I literally remember sitting in the basement of like our house and like me and like my husband Eddie, like sitting there and just kind of watching it, like kind of in no. disbelief. Like, did we did that just happen? Like, wait, like, that just wait. really happened? It's like, no, no, yes, no, wait. I don't know. Wait, I don't know. They're talking about it on talking that wait, it could be. Oh no, what? No. I was like, but they didn't do it in memoriam for him. <laughs> oh, they! I, oh, they did. They did, and then they did like a rewind the next week or something. I, I don't. Yeah, know. They, did, they did it in memoriam. They did play it off like they did, like he did, if I remember right. I don't think they put no, question mark. I'm gonna rewatch that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, they they like to play with our emotions. I, I, and rightly so. I mean that yeah. that was a good move. It, it was good enough that people could accept it. Yeah. Even though they didn't want to, they was like, oh, okay. I guess this happened. I don't want to watch yeah. this show anymore, but I do. Yeah. They were like, I guess this happened, and then it was like, no, he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh man. This is like right before they announced. Oh, Morgan's <laughs> Morgan's leaving The Walking Dead and going to Fear the Walking Dead. After listening to going back and listening to the seasons, you guys actually were very prescient about a whole lot of things. So I'm not surprised. Not a death, but a send off. <laughs> <laughs> Could there potentially be a mole? And could that mole potentially be Enid? I know that some people don't trust her and like think that maybe she potentially could be some sort of factor in it. I don't know. I don't know because Enid's not, you know, she's she's not a very prevalent character. She's always there. And she's always, she's always there. Shifty, but <laughs> never could totally not shifty in the sense of, of maliciousness, but she's just looking out. She's kind of like the garbage people. Yeah. She's just looking for to, to survive, you know. JSS, yeah. you know. JSS. So I wonder if that is a possibility. I don't know. Oh man, yeah, because you could go down this rabbit hole. It's a right. good rabbit hole to go down. Uh, jeepers, creepers. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that may makes me think that that may not be the case is the the affinity for Glenn and how right. much she attached herself to That's him. That's true. That is her true. Death must have rocked her too. Yes, and, and it, it seemed did. like it did. Yeah, I think it did because she, she went over to the hilltop to, to visit his grave and all of that. So you're right. I don't. No, but more twisted things have happened on the show. So. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm, I'm not. I'm definitely not discarding this idea because. Mm-hmm. But I do. Because oh, she insisted on going with Aaron too. That that see that brings me back to your idea. <laughs> 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 
She's going with Aaron. She must be a traitor. The right person is to make everybody else fall in line. Kind of put this fear in people of like, you know, this is how terrible of a thing I can do. And everybody immediately kind of falls in line. In the case of Rick's people, you know, they're not falling in line. They're they're pushing they're pushing back. Mm -hmm. But maybe it has the reverse effect on Enid. She is young. She was very much rocked by it. That maybe she is rocked by it to the point of being like, I don't want to relive that. I do not want to relive that situation. I do not want to see anybody else get hurt on my part. You know, like maybe, I don't know. But she has been resistant to optimism too. Yes. Any form of it, which is why she runs away a lot. Why she she puts puts herself in danger, you know, prefers to be alone. I always had a distrust for Enid. I always thought something's not right about this girl. Honestly, up until I saw her head on the spike. I just really, yeah, yes. Until that, even that, the fact that she was dating Alden, who was an ex savior. I mean, everything, everything. I thought, hmm. Wow. Hmm. Up until the day her head went on a stick. And and she gave me no reason to distrust her, but I did for some reason. Well, we have to talk about our thoughts on the helicopter that <laughs> magically has not shown up again. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. But, you know, let's take a, p- a break to talk about that because where did that come from if it wasn't from the junkyard, right? I don't know. I do not know. I, I, mean, I am. I, I feel like it has to come up in the mid-season finale. You can't just show a black helicopter overhead and then it's like, okay, mm-hmm. not anymore until later. Like, you yeah. can't do that. I like that you reminded me of that. That's that's because yeah, because I kind of forgot about it in all the hubbub, and I assumed that it was the junkyard gang, but I didn't really. I like calling them that, by the way. But yeah. I, <laughs> it's a softer tone, you know? It's like, yeah. uh, trash hipsters. Uh, I, I called them the dumpsters for a while uh, in my head because I didn't say it out loud. Um, and I was just like, ah, the junkyard gang. Eh, they're a groovy bunch of people who really annoy me. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's probably <laughs> yeah. a very important thing to bring up because they're out there somewhere and Heath is out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. They're all <laughs> out there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So, they, I mean, they did mention a flyer. So I'm they not did. really... So I wonder wonder if that's what that means. I don't know if that if that's what it is. It's like if they have access to a helicopter. That's so strange. I mean, it's possible. I mean, it could be something that's controlled by the saviors, and you know, they 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 they'll use it if necessary to basically rain down on you know unsuspecting enemies, but. I don't know. I was just like, that helicopter has to come up. Has to. Yeah. Well, it could be a group that we're entirely unaware of, too. That would be crazy. You know, and and, and the Sabres seem to have a hold on them as well. And maybe it's one of those situations where they don't want to use, have to use it unless they really because then they will have to they feel like they owe them maybe this group is on shaky ground with them it's the only thing I could really think of yeah it only just reminded me that thing exists and it's obviously something we haven't seen on the grounds we haven't seen it at any of the station Mm -hmm. so it's out there and wherever it came from it did not come from any of those satellite stations did not come from the sanctuary so it's it's worth it's worth kind of thinking of at least for a little bit like knowing that it's there and it's out there and it could actually do some damage yeah or definitely. be an entirely third party and we don't know God, so nuts but yeah it's- entirely third party technically by tangent what I want that helicopter to be like I, it, that would be it would be more suitable for the end of the show because you know I'm always with my eye on the prize oh? how is this thing gonna end in my oh? mind the end of the show period the series yes. finale yes exactly in God. my mind <laughs> I would love 
for that black helicopter to be filled with soldiers from another country altogether. Uh, like, not from the continent <laughs> of, like, the Americas at all. Like, what? I would love it to be a situation, in my mind, mm-hmm. I would love to find out that this whole zombie this is my stop epidemic stop. has only affected, like, the U.S., Canada, oh. like, neighboring countries, but other countries have not, and we've all been quarantined. Wow. That's what I want. Like I a chemical assault? Maybe. I don't know. Like, I just want to, I just want to see that, like, it's just us. Other parts of the world are living just fine. <laughs> You know, I... Okay, so I'll tell you one thing. I know you haven't watched Fear the Walking Dead, but I do know that at least part of the hemisphere, the, you know, United States, but you've got Mexico, you've got South America, you've got... I don't know about Canada, but they do mention, because they are on the ocean for a little while, so they're trying to get radio waves on what's happening around the world, or not around the world, but around their vicinity. So you do know that at least the the West, you know, the Western Mm -hmm. part of the hemisphere has been affected. I don't know about the rest of the world, but I do know that that it has affected more than just the United States or North America. Let's just say, right? Because in my mind, right? I mean, because the reason that I thought it's that I do think it's. I think that I don't think that's where it would end. Though, in my mind, yeah. I'm like, no, I want to know more now. No, it would be an intriguing possibility of like, where do you go now? Like, that's the thing. I find it in Tales of the Walking Dead. The whole zombie lore of this show is the idea of like everybody's infected. Every single person is infected. Yeah, right. what, what, what turns you doesn't matter whether you're bit or not as soon as you you pass away it's like you will turn it gives off the impression that it's some sort of like i mean they've never gone into it obviously but right. almost like some sort of government or something because <laughs> for everybody to have it already in them it's almost yeah. as if something that's administered for everyone to have that in them right um which isn't necessarily the case in all countries that's things specific to certain regions and certain areas and certain countries it wouldn't be you know everywhere so for that reason it's like i feel like it would be so jarring for like to see a helicopter with just normal people (laughs) normal normal soldiers you know (laughs) just because other parts of the country have been living just fine because the u.s has just gone off their rocker you know not trying to get political or anything but (laughs) are you not no not at all not at all (laughs) we know where your allegiances are and it's not with america carol (laughs) in a zombie movie you can do that because there's like a a certain like humor to it in a way like oh you guys are running in this maze this weird geographical border maze of like it's only you guys and you guys are killing yourselves because you're all zombies we're totally fine in belgium everyone's screwed everywhere because jenner was trying to contact people and wasn't getting any answers the french were the last Sorry, France. It's not you. You people are great. Your government. Not to get political. (laughs) No. question though and something that we haven't seen thus far <laughs> since before season eight started i've been wondering we haven't seen snow and i know that they're in virginia yes. right, or like in the dc yeah. area or just a little below it I'm snows it snows man. i've been in virginia where in, when it snows yeah me too or at least pass through but i know that and you know i think this would be an interesting opportunity to kind of exploit that because before they were mm-hmm. kind of in georgia and georgia right I mean, like just like florida gets fair weather throughout the year well or sweltering humid weather 
right. you know, but in the winter it's kind of fair, not too bad, but no snow. And I mean, this could be a unique opportunity to kind of like say, okay, long game, you know, we could be <laughs> Game of Thrones, the winter is coming. Yeah. So for scavenging, it's bad. For farming, there's a season. It's not looking very good on the resources front. I mean, right. they've got to kind of stockpile things to a certain extent. So I don't yeah. really know how that's going to play out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play they, out. Maybe they'll be keeping it to the vest, sneaking winter in at some point. That you would know, be very like, interesting. It'd be jarring. As a theme, like, because we haven't seen it, you know, we mm-hmm. haven't we haven't had to experience it yet. So, no. you know, it's different from like year-round farming where you could just turn the crop down right. in the south. You know, oh, okay, this this half of the year we're planting <laughs> Of cotton. course, I think cotton. The other but half cotton, of the year we're planting or like wheat or corn or something. Right. You know, right. different parts of the year yield different crops, right? So, yeah. But like with Virginia, I mean, look, there's it's temperate. I mean, somewhat yeah, temperate, temperate at least. So. No, it is. It's definitely temperate because they definitely get their share of winters. They have to do that this year. It's it's gotta happen this this mid in this know. mid season. The rest of the mid season, even if it's the last either. episode, yeah, the, the last oh. episode, the very last episode of like the whole series. They start to see oh, at the end soon, and the it's like scene. oh crap, this is the bigger enemy. <laughs> No, is, no is the bigger enemy. The biggest, if it's the last of the entire series. Carol, <laughs> you just trolling me like Gimple? <laughs> One episode. One episode had snow. It's so like every episode of, of our season eight coverage. Eh? Like, so where's snow? Where is it? <laughs> I want it. I want it now. Please give me snow. I mean, that's a yeah. lot of money. You know, they gotta <laughs> manufacture that shit. Well, that's now expensive. we know. <laughs> Like I you didn't, didn't know. know they had to make snow. I, just, I wanted free. I wanted free shit. Like all you know, like all the kids, they want free shit. Like oh. I want snow. No, Give me the snow. Shit's expensive. <laughs> Wait, just what is? What's a snow machine? What? Come on. Come on. I never Gimple. asked for anything. I just want some snow. That's like the only thing I wanted. Oh, you don't bring Glenn back. It's fine. Give me snow. Give me snow. Winter comes. We're all gone. But that makes me think of all the other winters, though. What happened? The pilot that they show is Simon and Megan, and with Megan's, I guess, <laughs> talking about, um, you know, what are they going to do with the garbage people? And Simon's very much like, yep, you know, we got to show up, you know, and just, you know, yeah, it uses up a lot of ammo, but, you know, we're better off that way. Basically, like, let's go in and kill them all. And Megan gives them a very stern talking to about, again, how people are resourced, resources. how people are resourced, mm-hmm. and that that's not how we do things. He's like, you will go in, you know, you will take one out, and the rest will fall in line and he look he gives them this very stern look and he tells them just one simon which makes me think again that Simon's going to take matters into his own hands. He's not going to listen. He's going to kill all the junkyard people. And that would coincide with the trailer that they showed for this half of the season where they showed Jadis kind of like all crestfallen and sad sitting like stripped of her like garments and stuff. Oh, and not for fun. And not for fun this time. Yeah, exactly. So I think that Simon goes in with a show of force, doesn't listen to Negan, disregards his order and basically, you know, decides to just kill the junkyard people and, you know, keep Jadis us alive to suffer i guess wow so, and which is the exact opposite of what they usually what they're kind of scripted because supposed that, to is, do. Because know, like, that oh. is negan's way negan does not believe in mass killing if you think about it throughout everything that we've seen of negan he has always made a point of like you kill one person to make an example whether when it was with sasha and she was like captured same thing it, actually like that situation with Sasha, he could have killed her right then and there, and he did not, because right. he felt like she could be productive and useful to them. So he did not do that. 
Right. He basically said that, you know, he would have to punish somebody from, the, from Alexandria for, you know, trying to rebel. He had no intention of hurting her. I mean, hell, if one of, when one of his guys tried to rape her, he killed him. Right, right. Rapey, 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 Exactly. Right and through the neck. So Negan has a very strict ethos that is not necessarily something that everybody understands. And there are some things that are off limits. Arbitrarily just killing people for the sake of killing people. No, because people are a resource. Women and children. Yeah. And, and there's a strategy and, and too, a strategy by the way. Too. Women and children, yeah. off limits. They were protecting baby Gracie. He had like a whole nursery for this child. Like even when, right. you know, they came and, and confronted Carl in the gate and Carl was like, oh, there's women and children in here. He's like, there are women and children in the sanctuary too. We had a little baby girl. What happened to her? You know? So yeah, it's I don't, and I don't think that Simon thinks that way. I think Simon's just a sociopath that just gets drunk off power and really does not care. So I understand Negan, and I think he's a complex character, which is why I say he's an interesting character. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Sunday because I think we're going to see more of that kind of complexity, and I think we're going to understand. I think we're going to see more that a lot of the problems are coming more from his his troops, I should say. Is his his ranks is coming more from his ranks right. rather than from him. So we predicted that. <laughs> I, later on in the episode, actually in that next episode, when we find out that that actually happened, we we're like, oh, and now Oceanside, who was responsible for that? And then later on in season nine, they reveal, yes, yeah, Simon came in, killed my little brother, but he also killed all the men to make a point, to make Simon's point. Now, there's one thing I want to link up, and it's something that I don't think a lot of people noticed, and it's that blue paint <laughs> kind of has this reoccurring theme. theme. Yeah. 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 Handprint. Yes. And then also the, 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 boot prints and and you know rick and simon falling to the or not falling stepping into the blue paint that sort of thing yeah i'm wondering what the significance of that is because it's it's a very it's a specific specific color blue um i there is a possibility that you know that perhaps that will be the thing that leads negan to kind of figure out what happened at the junkyard Mm. he might go to the junkyard or another crew of his might go to the junkyard and see that obviously all these people are dead and he might try to piece together what happened here and the there's not a lot of evidence left no there's clearly (laughs) i just want to point that out there's clearly not a lot of evidence left god that was disgusting Yeah. yeah but this blue paint that was spilled and that got on Simon's boots could be the telltale sign. I mean, it also got on, on Rick's boots, which might yeah. be a point of who, who exactly did this. Was, this. was this a Rick move? Was this a Simon move? Like, who necessarily did that? But blue paint, I think, might play a role in trying to figure out what exactly happened here mm. as, like, a clue, potentially. They, they did make a point to show both men getting this blue paint on their shoes. I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, what were the writers thinking by tying in this blue paint? You know what I mean? Like first the handprints, then the then the, mm-hmm. the painting, let's say, or even sometimes the painting, they just like to painting. mess with us. Is it? it it's true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, they do certain things sometimes that you know. Oh, what does this mean? And it's like, no, it doesn't mean anything. The letter A <sighs> has been used numerous times on the show. Like there was an A on the, I think, with the one of the garbage people's trailer. There was an A, and right, when they right. were in that trailer in a Terminus, you know, oh. you start to think like, oh, this mean? Does this mean something? No, no. <laughs> 
I mean, the closest I got to thinking of something was, okay, if you remember the, the colors for the kingdom, mm-hmm. Alexandria. I mean, I think the kingdom was green, Alexandria was white. Okay, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, the bands. And Hilltop was red or something? Or I might be completely mixing it up, but then there, then you have blue. And what does blue mean? I mean, could blue mean this new way of life? Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. I'm wondering. Or Oceanside. You know, Enid has, is, I think he's wearing mm. a blue shirt, too. You know, so I'm, I'm just wondering what that means. Is this, is this kind of like, are we signaling to the viewer in a, in a kind of a set design? way not who the good guys are but like is this innocence is this the new path is this, this is like kind of like a new way of looking at things like introducing mm-hmm. this color let's say i don't know and, and the color is the same too the, the one of yeah. judith and carl's handprints yeah. and the color that was uh the painting mm-hmm. it's the same exact color yeah so it, it just makes me wonder yeah i so i actually had a conversation with um uh, this this um guy on instagram uh walking dead ss occasionally he's been posting these observations too and i'm really loving it and like we had like a like a back and forth about it and like we've we've finally settled on the fact that like the the blue paint is like the innocence and the guy stomping on it like really signify the innocence of like possibly the the heapsters but then like we go a little bit further and and i actually say but maybe maybe it's something else maybe it's like blue is like the is like death like represents death and that death is coming like a sign like an omen and so both carl you know and judith obviously have their handprints in blue paint same thing with uh jadis she doesn't die and judith don't die but maybe they're like death's messenger like a psychopomp is is actually the term and so like that's what we were thinking is like okay these people are are the last people to see these other people alive you know you get the mark of a psychopomp let's say better call Saul universe um, blue means serenity, tranquility, calmness, side of law and order, whereas your darker, warmer colors like red and orange generally denote ang- uh, anger, danger, that kind of thing. So maybe the blue is you know, uh, a sign of tranquility. Yeah, or like some sort of peace. That helicopter and that ham radio, it's all connected. <laughs> it's Heath. It's By the Heath. way, she bangs Heath on about this. <laughs> Heath is going to answer Where that. Where can I land? He, I'm standing firm that Heath oh. and Sherry are coming back, and like Heath's going to be the one to answer that ham radio. You know, Heath, Sherry, and Laura just just popped out. out of a chopper. Just hanging out. Sherry and Laura. Yeah, we're just hanging out in the sky, you know, where they're birds gonna, are. I'm telling you, they're going to come in contact with some military operation that's going to answer on that ham radio <laughs> that's responsible for that helicopter. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, man. When I saw that ham radio, I was like, yes, yes. So like a mi- like a minor time jump though, right? Like not like five years in the future. I think five years. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. I think I think four to five years. Yeah. I don't think like something like ten years or something like that. Nothing huge. But I would say yeah, four or five years. Yeah, that would make things a lot more interesting with Judith. Too, interesting. Mm-hmm. By the way, yeah, no more baby <laughs> actors to no. deal with. Exactly. No more poopy exactly. diapers. Bang on. <laughs> Yeah. No, I I totally think that's going to be the case. I, I think that radio, when I saw it, I was like, red flag, this thing is going to be useful. Wow. <laughs> it's like when you play those video games. Did you ever play like Day of the Tentacle back in the day? I No, I played Maniac Mansion, but I never played the okay. sequel. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things that like, you know, you go into a room and there's stuff and you know you need to use it and it's there for a reason. That's this. <laughs> that camera. You can't until later, until you get a piece. <laughs> right, exactly. It all has all the elements have to line up in order for you to use it. But I am telling you that ham radio will be used. Yeah, like Eugene has that piece. <laughs> Eugene, yeah, that is Eugene's piece. Eugene needs to get to the house in order to play around and fix the ham radio, and then they'll make contact. Right, you have to use another player, like in the game. <laughs> 
So the player with the expertise. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's the same thing. Okay. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, My nerd level just went up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know the the, the the Walking Dead was a pixel hunt game. So there you go. I'm enjoying this uh, this this idea. Uh, oh man. So particularly, I want to point out the five year thing. That was that was specifically why I picked this clip. Wow, yeah. that was insane. Yeah. I I don't know if that's comic knowledge or anything, but like. I, there was a time jump in the comics, but I don't think it was five years. I think it was three years. Wow. How she picked that exact number out of the hat, too. Yeah. Like, God damn. I wish that they would do <laughs> a little bit. And they did this with Lori. They had little moments where they brought Lori yeah. back throughout that season. Like, you know, when he was having the vision, seeing Lori during when they were at the prison, when he was like was hearing the phone ring. He was going. Yeah, hearing the phone, seeing her. Seeing right, her and all of that. I wish that they would uh, they would have done a little bit of that, even sparingly. It doesn't have to beat you over the head. No pun intended. Oh. I feel like that may end up happening, though. By the way, I would only because it's like a technique. It's only been applied once. It's like almost ethereal. Yes. And it's not something you typically see in the show. Like, we only saw it in this one moment of time. And I don't know if it's that they regretted using it in the first place. I don't think that it was, I don't think it was a mistake for them to use it. I didn't, I didn't think it was detrimental to the story. I thought it was fine. I think the phone thing kind of threw me off more. I'm like, okay, why is he keep going to answer the phone? That, that was creepy. That though, was right? creepy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the visions of Lori, though, like, I got it. The the phone thing actually made more sense to me <laughs> than seeing the visions? Lori. Yeah, so that, because that to me first of all it was the perfect thing to scare the crap out of you it was, yeah, it was at that creepy, moment yeah. and if rick was going crazy that would be it mm -hmm. seeing laurie that's a visual hallucination that you have to sell that that's a bridge too far mm -hmm. in, in my opinion mm -hmm. alluding to a phone a phone ringing and hearing a voice i don't know about you but i hear voices all the time <laughs> the time okay well obviously pirate voices uh well, there you, you go know, captain kirk every now and again i see understand you have to brush your teeth before bed oh you know so that sort of thing but but like seeing I seeing something for, yeah. first of all if you were seeing something ooh. seeing the actual vision of the person i mean yeah i i i get it but i feel like I think that they've dragged this on for a while, that it would be a good reminder to kind of understand where Rick is coming from, what he's lost and why he has this rage that he does. Because I think we've gone through almost two full seasons of this. And I think a lot of people are sort of like, oh, God, Rick, calm down. You kind of forget. Well, because we're sick of it. <laughs> right. But I think a lot, but I think you lose sight of where he's coming from, you know. Yeah. So I think it's easy. It's easy yeah, to lose sure. sight of it. So I think if you had a moment, honestly, if they did something like that right now and Glenn came on screen, that would be like a punch in my stomach. Like, yeah. It really would. It would be like it would throw me completely off and I would be like, oh, God, I miss Glenn. You know, like, it would yes. Just, you know, they need to do something to dislodge Rick from his present path, like to really just jar his presence. It just and it would be jarring for us as viewers too to kind of see Glenn again. Or even if it's like um, I remember, I want to say it was I think it was season four, the okay. episode where Rick bit the throat out of the Claimer guy, Joe the Claimer, yeah, Savage Rick. Right. That episode was intermixed with flashbacks of Rick having mm. a conversation with Herschel. About what it right, means right. to be like a good father and a good person right. in this world and blah 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 oh right right this is after you know we hadn't seen him in a while and it was kind of like a scene apart from what from it wasn't like a replay no no, no. It, was just, it was just it wasn't right. a replay it was just sort of like a recollection of a conversation that he had with herschel that we never
never really saw, but, you know, in this episode we did. And he's kind of rethinking about that in the light of having to now be this savage person, so different from the kind of person that he was discussing being with Herschel. And I think that that technique worked well there. And I think if they did something like that, where Rick is contemplating things and he's thinking back to a conversation with Abraham or a conversation with Glenn or something, us as a viewer, that would be jarring, first of all, to just see Glenn and Abraham again. That would be like, whoa, number one. And number two, I think it would reinforce where his mindset is coming from, where his heart is coming from, why he's approaching things the way that he is, because these were two very, very important people in his life that he lost in a very violent and tragic way right in front of his his eyes. So if they did something like that, I think that that would be very, very effective. You'd have to really be good at it. It'd have to be well done, for sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. Otherwise, it's kind of like, first of all, bringing back something that, you know, they've done already. And the second thing is really... It's kind of like using something out of left field to kind of bring the story back rather than something that's already on the board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to me, that's almost like like a cheat. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, you're bringing something in to kind of get the story back on track that we would have never seen coming, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That, like things that aren't, aren't already on the playing field. So, which is which some people do in order to save the story. I, I'm skeptical if that's going to happen only because it would be too jarring. It's like you're using this as kind of like a, a reset button. Oh, you, you only get to use these once every four seasons and, and now and now it's the eighth season so you can use it now so i don't know yeah no i hear you i mean it would be i'm not saying no but i'm saying that i'd be curious yeah and i'd be grit- gritting my teeth to see how they execute this because you know it could turn off a lot of people too it could but i don't think but i it was all a dream what <laughs> and so what do they do in the ne- in the very next episode gavin <laughs> <laughs> You know what it is. Ugh. Like I know, I, I don't. I don't know what it is, Gavin. I don't know what it is. Um, can I be honest? I still don't know what it is. I think using the Lori ghost, like Carol said, you know, just gave the viewers an idea of how freaking batshit crazy Rick was going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if, if they're gonna use ghosts, I'm not against it. I'm not. If it right. if it's for a purpose, I gotta go. Thank you, Rachel. Sorry you can stay on longer. Uh, yeah. Bye, Rachel. Bye, guys. People have kind of utilized this environment to engage their inner fantasy selves. Right, their desires, their, their deep yeah. hidden ones, where, yeah. where they thought they couldn't do it before in a, in a freer right. world. Right, exactly. You know, you know, I figured out what Simon is, and if they they show a flashback <laughs> of this, I will just I'll just soil myself because car salesman no even worse <laughs> neater made oh god the mustache oh the hat no. the can you imagine it the white yeah, hat i could oh god Ugh. <laughs> the snide comments but not really like the fortitude to get actually get into a fist fight right right <laughs> oh my god doesn't that make the most sense it does it does make sense in the allegory is and and here he is it's crazy it's just just thinking about it just it just it's it's the perfect backstory <laughs> Yeah, it's always so interesting. Who's got the pad now? I I love backstories. I was I'm like I want to know. I want to know. Yeah, you need like our. Oh, I hate backstories. Yeah. Like the the Morgan episode. Oh, the one with Eastman, right? Yeah, I like I really like that. Here is not here. The famous flashback. But the thing about like hit that specific one though is that it's it's a flashback that happens within the same. It's not like pre-apocalypse flashback. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is why I was kind of like, well, even you know, now that I'm thinking about it, even the Alpha one. That was actually after the fall or during the fall. Yeah, so, it was like right after. I wish they had. I wish somebody fought me on that one too because I was. I was almost. I mean, I didn't. 
I didn't, I wasn't mad at it. I kind of let it go for story to move the story forward. But like the one thing that people, somebody could have said to me was, oh, you know, technically it's not a pre, it's not a, it's not pre-apocalypse. So it's okay. Abraham's flashback. That was also oh. post the fall. I was about to like complain about that as well. Something that I, I'm, I'm really glad they didn't do when Negan was in the cell. Yes. Uh, they did not, they did not give us a, a pre-apocalypse flashback. of Yes. Negan. Yes. I you're the that. only one. You're the only, only one. I keep fighting. I don't fight people. I, again, I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. But I always kind of throw like, but do we need a, a Negan flashback? Like a here's Negan flashback? Do we? No. no what, I, what I love is that... Why is of, he the exception? Yeah, instead of a, a flashback, they let us know who he was or how he was before. Something he would say or, you know, like talking to Judith or to Gabriel. And when he's like with Maggie and she's going there to kill him. Instead of giving us like a hallucination of Lucille, just like like a Lucille, right? Bone. Like Laurie, like like Laurie. <laughs> I was afraid that they were gonna do that, but they didn't. And I'm so like, glad. Well, I mean, it's pretty clear that Negan is an asshole, so I don't think he, <laughs> didn't, <laughs> he didn't deserve it. I mean, why, we don't need to see that beforehand because it's made been made perfectly clear on the show. I think it's the, the difficulty in having so many oh, characters here we go. in the show. It's the Game of Thrones effect. I was gonna say it's oh, it's no. very oh, Game of Thrones. Although I hear that Game of Thrones does a pretty good job of balancing all these different stories. I don't know because I don't really like Game of Thrones. Well, I mean, when you but kill off I, so many people, right? So <laughs> eventually yeah, you, you wind up with a few <laughs> that you can follow. <laughs> That is true. That is definitely true. That's an easy way to solve that problem. A lot of people have suggested, hey, Joe, you need to clean house, especially for characters who they their development has been non-existent. But yeah, no, the idea of like killing people off. Now, here's the thing. Rachel picked the one clip out of this episode where I don't look like a complete stark raving lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> 13-1, I'm not saying it's controversial. The idea is that what is going to turn the tide? 13 episodes later, where we thought we were going to get some sort of upswing, we just kept getting beaten down. We get back up, we get beaten down. We get back up, we get beaten down again. I thought we got that in season seven. <laughs> so 13-1, it came to me in a revelation. I said, oh, I get it. I know why Negan is starting to get more aggressive with these guys. He's dying, and he knows that his top-down leadership, where only he can be in charge, if he he goes away the the savior's project is over and so he needs to destroy these people before that happens if he's dying there's an urgency Negan's dying carol it's just that's what's going to happen oh my god i'm a genius <laughs> no no i mean it's not a bad theory all right let's move on to the next one because okay we're getting close to the end the actor that plays eugene when he's just talking normally <laughs> It's yeah, so, he just sounds like this. <laughs> he just—he's like such a normal, just happy guy, and like Josh, uh, McDermott. Josh McDermott. I was also on Twitter, and I saw like the Twitter account of the guy who plays Jared, who was obviously savagely and brutally killed. This oh, guy. Josh McHale, yeah, Josh Michael. And he seems Josh like such a Michael. cool guy, and I'm like, man, he's so cute. And I'm like, dang, man, like it's so hard ooh. to hate you. Like you, you—it's so funny. <laughs> it's like you look at people's feeds, and you're like, oh, you seem like a cool person, and it's like, man, but you are really convincing, douche. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even that he's like a cool person. He's like cute, like not like in a like oh, oh, he's so cute. No, he's like, how are you this adorable? Yeah, he seems like a nice person, like so just kind nice. of like like funny, like quirky, kind of funny, like just sort of like like silly, like a silly yeah. person, you know, like a silly kind of personality, which is obviously so different from this. 
Jared. Humongous douche. Yes. <laughs> Shitty Jared. That, every, that everybody's been waiting for like a very horrible death to befall this character. And it did. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to cameo.com and you check out all his videos, oh my God, it's this treasure trove of awesomeness. Josh Michael is just like this silly human being. You know, Eugene oh, notices yeah. this the some of the bullets that he's producing are defective. They have like a ding, kind of like they're dinged up a little bit. Like they kind of did a close up or something well, like that. Well, were. actually, yeah, specifically though, it was the basically where the trigger hits the back of it mm -hmm. when it does and it's flush the bullet will fly through right right the gun it hits the gunpowder the gunpowder sparks the uh a thing it sparks a thing. thing okay it's a thing it's fine we're, we're not ammo experts it's the firing pin thing. dave right. the firing pin gunpowder in the back uh -huh. that burns up and propels the bullet forward right okay. so if what gabriel was doing is he was not making the the back part where the trigger hits it flush and that was, basically would throw it off not only see and what eugene was trying to say is that not only would it throw it off Mm -hmm. But you could have killed a savior, basically. It would backfire completely. Yeah, it, it not only would not work, it would like explode in the person's hand and you would have hurt mm. somebody, you would have taken a hand off, let's say. Mm. And so Eugene was basically saying, he's basically trying to get into Gabriel's head saying, you really don't want this, do you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you're not that kind of person, are you? Right. And so it's... I thought that was clever. I don't know if that, look, I don't know my guns. I don't know my bullets. No, me neither. But I'll take, I'll take Eugene's word for it in light of my lack of knowledge. Sounded convincing to me. That was a new genius. Move. Yes, Eugenius. We wrote off both characters. Oh, this guy's a coward, obviously, because he went to the Saviors. And we also wrote off Gabriel, because we always see Gabriel as the person who locked out his parishioners. Like, first of all, that Eugene, first of all, saved the day by the end of it. And then also Gabriel, like, later on, season 9, takes on this, like, new courage and charisma in season 10. Oh, hot for preacher. Oh, lordy lord. To illustrate the point, it's just like, do you go so far, Gabriel, as to kill people? Is that who you are? I mean, I kind of like Gabriel, but I just, I just can't like him. Yeah, can't. you're definitely in the majority, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah. I like the, the, uh, the relationship with Rosita. I really like it. I don't get it. I don't, That's I don't interesting. Get it. I don't, no, I don't get it either, but I like it. Like, I don't know. She seems really happy, and I, I, I'd rather have Rosita with me, but sure. Wants to be with Gabe. I <laughs> that, Which, know? by the way, now that we compare both Gabriel and Eugene as, like, these written-off characters, it kind of, actually, like, I hadn't occurred to me until just now, kind of makes sense that they end it up together because in the comic books Eugene and Rosita end up being together right and yeah. so if you can't be with Eugene because of Stephanie and and because Rosita dies in the comic considering Gabriel oh kind of makes sense this is another kind of written off character that now can have this interesting second life by the way who gets the most action on The Walking Dead by the way <laughs> Because women love a man in uniform, and he's the only one that's got one left. Amen. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Let's remember that it's the apocalypse. There's not that many people. So Rosita wants to be with someone. Well, here is Gabriel. Enter, enter the father. <laughs> not the father. <laughs> yeah, father, not the not father. father. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, you go from Sadiq to Gabriel. Ah. Abraham, Spencer, Sadiq, Gabriel. And oh, so Sadiq. she got the most game in The Walking Dead. For some reason, <laughs> she had put her thing with Glenn aside so that she could take care of the bigger community. Uh, right, right. And, 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 and she did it well. There, there mm -hmm. was a need there that she filled on the immediate. Mm -hmm. To the point where she did it so well that she has even Jesus on her side when they're talking about mutiny at some point. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the yeah. episode. Yeah. It, it seals the deal on what we all thought, how she was feeling, what she was going through. 
But when that moment happened, when she started sobbing and started just going crazy, you know, it's not over till he's dead. No, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. My God, my mouth, my hand went to, right to my mouth. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. It, that we, didn't, one, we didn't know that she was in the worst shape. Yeah. We had because no that was idea. a very, that was a very visceral reaction. Like, like yeah. between Morgan and Rick and Carol and Zeke. Mm -hmm. and yeah. She had she, it the worst. She had it the worst. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I believed it. I, I believe that. I mean, I was a total surprise to me. I, I I was surprised in the sense that she's been very stoic yeah. for most of this, you know. And I mean, I it makes sense. Yeah, of course. She, it just came out of nowhere for but me. It, but but the reaction, the visceral reaction, oh was God. just took me you know by surprise. And when she mentioned you know about Glenn, I was like, oh God, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but the, it's the things that she said, like things. The like, things that she said. It's not yeah. over till she till he's mm -hmm. dead. No. Yeah. If you think about it this way, to kind of put it in perspective, think about it from the point of view of somebody who commits a crime and kills your relative or, or your husband or your parents or, or, your, or you know, your child. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, any of these people. And this person is deemed to be allowed to live or, or, or you know, God forbid, live free. And, and it's out of your hands. And this person has made this decision or the system has made this decision. And, and you feel like justice hasn't been served in, in relation to your loved one you right, know, that's no right. longer here. And that is hard. That is a very hard pill to swallow. And from Maggie's place, like she's probably looking at it like, who is Rick to make this decision and say that this oh. person's allowed to live? Yeah, Rick and Michonne. Like, Rick yeah. and Michonne, yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. It, it is kind of like the bait and switch because now that we have this like really interesting 50,000 foot view with all of our frustration for with Rick, the bait and switch is, okay, you get to the end and Rick is kind of like conjuring up the image of Carl and saying, but there's got to be something for after, right? And then all of a sudden from left field is Rick number two, Revenge of Rick. And then like mm -hmm. Maggie goes ham. Oh shit, she had the same drive to end Negan and it just devastates you. Let's say if Negan had killed Carl, would he have let Negan leave? I think the answer is pretty clear and it's no. Both sides. I can be Maggie's side, but I can also be Rick's side. Because Morgan says kind of the same thing in Fear of the Walking Dead when he saves Charlie. She's like, Why did you save me? You know what I did. I killed Nick. And he's like, But this has to stop somewhere. You can't just keep killing each other back and forth. And I think that's kind of where Rick was at, too. This has to stop somewhere. We can't just be killing people. And and it just keeps, you know, they kill us and then we kill them. So why don't we stop here? Maybe we can do something with this guy to show everybody that it can be done. People can change. And you don't have to go out and kill everybody. Right. It's not about saving Negan or, you know, letting Negan leave. It's about everyone that following him. If we have to stop somewhere, then Negan is the perfect place to stop. He would be the biggest example. Of somebody that we should, we would typically murder or murk or get out of the yeah. picture, right? As all things end, so, so ends our coverage of season eight. For those of you who will get the unedited copies, you'll see where it ends and where this begins. You'll see, you'll get the behind the scenes content. How do you get this? Well, if you support us on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead for less than a price, uh, price of the cup of coffee, um, you can get 30 days of access. And if you subscribe to a coffee a month, at least the party will keep on going. You'll get access to unedited materials like this episode to hear all the behind the scenes, what happened, how did this happen? And obviously you'll be in the know with core things that we're planning on doing and giveaways and all that stuff. Uh, and also rate this podcast, rate this podcast.com slash squawking 
Walking Dead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need. You know, tell us how much you love us. But if you like to, you can add, you, know, you can add some more. Uh, it really helps the podcast grow. It actually uh, puts us on the boards, at least in Australia, as I found out in the TV and film category. <laughs> you know, we, we were in the top 100 and then we, we keep getting thrown down 44 points and then we come back up on the charts. We don't know. But Australia loves us. Anyway, <laughs> obviously the next one, the next part of the series, we're talking about Fear the Walking Dead season four. With that, my friends, thank you for joining us. And we hope you like the series and that this little retrospective on, on The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead as we've covered them across the years. And if you do end up supporting us on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead, you will have access to the playlist, the actual playlist of all our clips, all the ones that we've ever made and all the ones that we made especially for this episode, which, um, you know, Nisa and Sharon, have been able to enjoy right now. And so once you get access to that, you can actually pin it to your own playlists. You'll have access to it whenever you want to. It's unlisted, but you can have access to it whenever you want to. Take care, y'all. See you soon. Bye. 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 <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs>